I thought and prayed about what to share this Mother's Day morning, and all of a sudden, uh, it occurred to me, duh, what would be the greatest, best Mother's Day gift, not for mom, but from mom? And I was immediately drawn to the subject of intercessory prayer for our children and grandchildren. If you'd make your way to 1 Samuel chapter 1, you know the text. It's about Hannah. I've not preached this in 20 years probably, but uh, I have been so convicted, invigorated, challenged this week in restudying this subject. Uh, And it's for all of us, but it's certainly apropos for a Mother's Day message. The best Mother's Day gift from mom can be learned in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Now, this won't be the most eloquent oratory you've ever experienced, but it very well could be that in receiving God's Word today, the most important Mother's Day uh, yet for you, mom, for you, grandmother, and for all of us who are children of God by way of application. You know, uh, I got, to, I got to thinking about it, and, and hearing, uh, hear, hearing the children speak, uh, sing uh, earlier in this service caused me to be reminded that I am burdened about praying for our children and grandchildren, and yet I fear I'm not burdened enough. I have had great love and care and concern for my own four children, uh, their spouses, my two grandchildren, to the point that I am convinced I would die for any or all of them. And yet I don't think I care enough for them. I have a special place in my heart for all Redbridge young people. Uh, As I prayed, at least a couple or three of them, I didn't count them up. I first knew before any of them knew themselves. That is, I knew the day that a number of these adults who were standing up here, I knew them the day they were born and, and, and have parental love for them as well, well as pastoral. And yet, I sense in my heart that my love and my care is altogether too shallow, too superficial. So what's the remedy? Passionate prayer. First Samuel chapter 1. Now, there was a certain man of Ramoth, um, is Sophim, of Mount Ephraim. His name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth, an Ephrathmite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, the name of the other Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship, to sacrifice on the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was uh, that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters, so she had many children, he gave them portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy, or a double portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her relentlessly to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when he went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. 
Then said Elkan, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed in the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, and for not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a male child, then I will give unto him the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. In other words, she was vowing the Nazarite a vow for him that he would be wholly dedicated to the Lord all his life. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli observed her mouth. Now Hannah, she spoke in her heart, but only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. And Eli said unto them, How long wilt thou be uh, drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid as a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I been speaking. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose early in the morning uh, and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when, she was, uh, when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said to her husband, I will not go up until the child is weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth, to thee good, seemeth unto thee good. Tarry until thou hast weaned him. Only the Lord established his word. So the woman abode and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with three bullocks, one ephah of flour, skin of wine, and brought him into the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thou livest, uh, as thy soul uh, liveth, uh, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask of him. Therefore, also, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. There's much in Scripture about parents being burdened for their children. The widow of Zarephath, whose son Elijah raised from the dead. How sorrowful she was before Elijah uh, did the miracle. And, and the overwhelmed uh, patriarch Job, who lost all of his children, how grief-stricken he was. And David, uh, when the baby was, was near death. And, and grandmother uh, Lois uh, and mother Eunice pouring their lives into young Timothy. Folks, one ingredient which has been uh, key throughout history are parents who are burdened turn to believing prayer. And for Hannah, uh, it was like that uh, in the loss of not having children. And I want to offer uh, today that the very best Mother's Day that, uh, gift, which can be given, is given from mom, and it is intercessory prayer for your children and grandchildren. And I do not believe that I am overstating that. Of all the things that you can provide for your children and grandchildren, um, crying out to the Lord on their behalf, 
certainly rises to the very top. Three points if you're taking notes. The first I want to offer is desperation prompts intercession. Verses 1 through 8. Hannah was desperate. Her soul was heavy. Uh, And uh, this whole concept of having a desperate heart, which is why I said to you, I love all these young people, and yet I fear I don't love them enough. I don't love them with enough burden, with enough passion, that my heart is not consumed, is not heavy uh, for the state of how their lives are going and where they're headed and what direction and all the hell that the world is throwing their way and, and on and on. Am I burdened enough? Well, folks, desperation. Those who are burdened, those who truly do sense that, uh, that gripping, desperate condition will be the ones who cry out to the Lord. And so I ask each one of us, do you have a sense of desperation? I mean desperation for your kids. Say, well, they're doing just fine. Well, they may be doing just fine this very moment. Uh, they may not be afflicted with some kind of life-threatening illness, or, and, they, and they may have a, a full belly and, and be well-clothed and, and doing fine in school and all the rest. But folks, life happens, and it can change in a moment. Can I get a witness? In a split second, things can com- go completely the other way, uh, and a sense of desperation will certainly visit you at that time. We live in such an evil world, and, and our children, our grandchildren are growing up in dangerous times. Kids uh, everywhere ruining their lives through drugs and perversion and alcohol and gambling and crime and worldliness. And, of course, it's just at a finger's reach uh, through, uh, by way of Internet. What precarious times And mom, the world wants to ruin your children. Grandmother, the devil wants to have a heyday with your grandkids and let desperation, let that sense of desperation, knowing how evil it is and how dangerous it is out there for those little ones. And those, uh, all of those relative newborns lined up along here uh, this morning. And uh, as I looked at each one of them, I'm thinking, I don't know how it's going to go for him or for her, but I know one who can direct those paths. Amen? And he calls me, he commands me, uh, yea, he burdens me to cry out to him on their behalf, the behalf of my own, the behalf of those God has entrusted to this church. Folks, desperation gives birth to intercession. And if you're not aware of how desperate times are, then I don't know how to wake you up because it is desperate. The enemy wants, wants to wring your children out and ruin their lives and your grandchildren and turn them every which way but loose and turn them away from the things of God. And he'll accomplish that if he can. <clears throat> a burden, a desperate heart, makes way for intercession, me crying out to the Lord. And, you know, there were burdened parents in the days of Jesus. And he, uh, they brought the children to the master. And in Matthew 19, 13 through 15, it says, Then there were brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus, in other words, they're saying, Get away from him. He's busy. He's, he's too inundated. And Jesus said, Suffer, allow the little children Forbid them not to come to me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them. Folks, you can, yea, you must bring your little ones to Jesus. My little ones, uh, they wouldn't think that they are little ones. The firstborn is turning 40 next month. 
But don't you always parent your children? Amen? Aren't you always the grandparent of your grandchildren? Even if uh, uh, they've ex- exceeded you, uh, I, don't know who, uh, I don't know who I was talking to uh, the other day, but it had to do uh, with bringing an offering uh, uh, to the church um, and uh, uh, having to do with uh, the children uh, 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 paying their parents. I said, boy, that'd be, that'd be a good deal. All of my kids make more money than I do. But they're still my little ones, amen? And uh, it's, you still have that kind of heart. Well, with the heart of Jesus, bring them to Him. And the best way, and the way that uh, can be uh, uh, sun up, sun down, everywhere in between, is through intercessory prayer, crying out to God on their behalf. And folks, it's a, it's a, it's a spiritual phenomena. We can't quantify it. It's not like uh, I can uh, go down the store uh, and get a, a gallon of, of the fruitfulness of a prayer life and bring it home. Or no, no. It is something I am entrusting to the Lord. God, my heart is burdened. I'm in a desperate situation. I don't know how it's going with my kids and my grandsons, or even, even more difficult. I do know how it's going, and it's not going well. And I am calling upon you in your great power, in your wisdom, in your mercy, to do something in and through the lives of my, those I love. Hannah had that kind of a desperate heart. And she cried out to the Lord. Leonard Ravenhill said it well. He said, prayer links man's impotence, no strength, to God's omnipotence, infinite strength. Prayer swings us out of the natural and into the supernatural. Prayer turns our stony words into bread. We're commanded to pray, oh, that we would be compelled to pray for our children and our grandchildren. <clears throat> Desperation leads to intercession. Secondly, intercession proceeds, comes on the front end of consolation or comfort. We see that in verses 9 through 18. Hannah knew God was all-powerful, all-wise, everywhere present, and could work miracles. She did not know exactly how God would respond to her prayer, but she knew that she could bring uh, her burden to the throne of grace and rest there. Isn't that, and she, uh, she understood the principle of, of Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't try to figure it out on your own, but in everything, uh, commit your ways unto Him, and He will bring it to pass if you are one of His children. God has given us the avenue of prayer to release the anxiety that we face. In fact, Philippians 4, 6 says, commands, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, including the training and raising of your children, your grandchildren, in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Now look what happened. Prayer not only changed Hannah's situation, Prayer changed Hannah, or better yet, the God of prayer changed Hannah. Notice in verse 18, she poured out her heart, she told God's man in the temple, or in the tabernacle, and then, uh, and she said, let thine handmaid find grace, and I said, so the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Consolation, comfort, hope 
came as a result of pouring out her soul before the Lord. Mom, Grandma, bring your children, grandchildren to to your Lord. His love is infinitely greater. Whatever your love is for your little ones, His love is infinitely greater than your love. His presence is 24-7. You can't watch them. You, You can't know what's going on in their eyes, but God does. His wisdom exceeds your understanding. Notice in this, Hannah's heart, and, and how, uh, how she interceded uh, on behalf of the, that child that she wanted to have. Uh, so you have to make application there. But those children that you do have, those grandchildren that you have, look, if you would, at verse 10, it says, and she was in bitterness and prayed. In verse 10, she prayed. Look at verse 12. It says, and it came to pass that she continued praying. So she prayed in verse 10. In verse 12, she continued praying. And then notice in verse 15, uh, um, she poured out her soul. She prayed. And maybe, mom, grandma, you have been doing that. You have prayed uh, for your children, for your grandchildren. And you do so regularly. But things are going on. And God is allowing you to become aware of it. Uh, And it's not good with how it's going with his or her soul. And so you pray all the more until finally you're at a point that you are pouring out your soul. God, help only you, Lord. I'm wholly dependent on you. And you are pouring out your soul before the Lord. Scripture talks about, in Colossians 4, Epaphras, agonizing. In prayer. Mom, grandma, is it time for you to have some, some come to Jesus meetings, just you and the Lord, where you are truly agonizing in prayer? You, uh, you say, well, I don't have that kind of heart. Then stay there until you do. That's what I said. I love these young people. Uh, I love my, my uh, children and grandchildren, my family. But do I love them enough in the right quality To the degree that my heart will have the heart of Hannah of praying, praying more, and then pouring out my soul before the Lord. If not, then shame on me. Say, how can that be? We have it in the very same book in 1 Samuel chapter 12. Samuel told the people that it was his dependence on God and only their dependence on the Lord would bring blessing. And he knew that To not pray truly would be sin. God forbid that I should sin against the Lord. God has brought those children into your lives. He's brought those grandchildren. He's brought children into this this church family. God forbid, Lord, don't let it happen that I would neglect, that I would be indifferent, that I would be casual when it comes to interceding for those young lives. Many people, I believe, I fear I can be this way, can be lulled to sleep through the sin of prayerlessness. We're tempted to say, it'd be nice if I prayed more. Kind of slough it off. I know I should do something about my prayer life, and and I'm so weak, and I've started and stopped and started and stopped a thousand times. I sure hope I do better one day. Well, Let me substitute another heinous sin and see how that sounds. One of these days, I ought to take my child 
to the doctor and see why she's been vomiting every single day for six weeks. Maybe uh, uh, if I have time on my calendar, maybe a couple of weeks or so, next, next, a week from next Tuesday, you say, that's a ludicrous example. That is exactly what the devil wants you to believe, that it is ludicrous. It is of little value. It is a, somewhat of a bother, a waste of time for you to pour out your soul One, fingers are going this way, but three more are pointing back at me for my children and grandchildren. Amen. The devil would want me to believe that. And yet, the Lord calls me to intercede. The great writer and preacher of prayer, E.M. Bounds, wrote, Prayer is not a little habit pinned on us while we were tied to our mother's apron strings. Neither is it a quarter of a minute's grace set over an hour's dinner. But prayer is the most serious work, senior adults, of our most serious years. You see, you 80-year-olds probably can't match wits any longer with your 25-year-old grandchildren. They're sharper than you are. They know more. Uh, they're, they're, they've experienced probably more in 25 years than you did uh, in the world sense, maybe in your entire lives, but they cannot get away from the intercession you bring to the Lord because God is everywhere, amen. <laughs> he knows the end from the beginning. Uh, as I told my class, Jonah, you can run, but you can't hide. And you can bring your little ones including all of mine who are in their 30s, before the Lord and cry out to him. You see, it's the the principle that John Newton wrote. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved." It was the situation that I find for my children and grandchildren in this world causes my heart to tremble, and yet bringing it to the Lord is where there is, and only place there is, consolation. Because He is my loving Father, and I can cry out to Him. By faith, Hannah cried out to God in prayer, and that increased her faith. Sammy Tippett, another author on prayer, wrote, "Um, I'm sorry, there's a good verse. I didn't share with you yet. Psalm 62, 8. Trust in the Lord uh, at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. I'm glad I didn't forget about that verse. Pour out your heart before Him. So, intercession brings consolation. And then, thirdly, consolation or comfort of soul produces expectation. Now my faith is enlarged. See, Hannah went away. And she was no more sad. And they rose up the next day in verse 19, worshiped before the Lord, returned, and were at their house. And all of a sudden, abracadabra, no. Nothing new. Uh, uh, They'd been having marital relations for years and years. She is now great with child. And they both knew immediately from whom all blessings flow. She worshipped while she was in a desperate situation and cried out to the Lord. God comforted her heart. And the fruit was 
hopeful expectation. And so, parents and grandparents, as you call upon the Lord, do so believing. Believing that the Lord hears you and and that you're praying His will. You want that heart change. Now, in case you're feeling uh, desperate and beaten up and beaten down and guilt-ridden and all the rest, there's hope for you. I I referenced uh, J.C. Ryle. He's a Puritan, into the Puritan days. In the book on the duties of parents, he wrote this. I want you to listen especially to the last sentence. Without the blessing of the Lord, your best endeavors will be no good. You see, uh, you can't educate them into the kingdom of heaven. You can't pay their way with your portfolio of retirement or any such thing. You can't strategize. You can't work an angle with them. No, it's no good. He has the hearts of all men in his hands, and except he touched the hearts of your children by his Spirit, you will weary yourself to no purpose. It's vain. It's empty. Now, why is that? Because he wants all the glory. Amen? So when you bring them to the Lord in prayer, you're doing so. God, would you, not in a pragmatic way, God, would you do something uh, to keep him out of trouble because I want his life to go well? God, would you do something uh, to bless her life so that she, no, no, God's not working, cutting any deals. Your prayers be, God, I can't change a life. I can't even change myself. But you can. And I know that and I'm trusting you to it. That's what Ryle is saying here. Water, therefore the seed you sow on their minds with unceasing prayer. Water the gospel seed with unceasing prayer. The Lord is far more willing to hear than we to pray. Oh, that, that's embarrassing, but it's comforting at the same time. God is, according to the Word of God, He is more willing to hear even than I am to bring that burden because it brings Him glory. He, uh, he, uh, he says, my child Vic is truly depending upon me. He's crying out to me. He's casting all His care upon me. I'm honored in that. And God is jealous for worship and dependence on Him. He's far more willing to hear than we are to pray, far more ready to give blessings than we are to ask them. But he loves to be entreated. He loves to be asked for those blessings. And I set this matter of prayer, and this is the sentence I wanted you to, to, to lock in. I set this matter of prayer before you as the top stone and seal of all you do. And this is it. This is, this is, uh, this is all but inspired, if you will. And I think the theology is, is good. I suspect that the child of many prayers is seldom cast away. I'll say it again. I suspect that the child of many prayers is seldom cast away. What does that mean theologically? It means that in some mysterious way that we can't qualify or quantify or understand... God takes the little, measly, puny prayer of a burdened parent and grandparent who's believing and trusting in Him alone and says, I'm going to take that and I'm going to use it and I'm going to pour my power and my grace and my 
whatever is needed into that young life and there's going to be a change. I don't understand how that works. But the great theologian said, it's doubtful that the child who's been the focal point of much passionate intercession, it's doubtful that he's cast away. God will use that believing prayer of a burdened mom, we're here on Mother's Day, of a burdened grandmother. And if your children and grandchildren stand in the need of prayer, Dave Wallace is coming right now, I've asked him, to put a little bit of a practical, poignant exclamation point on this message. them to speak a simple prayer before they go to sleep giving thanks for mommy and daddy and pray the Lord my soul to keep but the childhood prayers that could mean the most might be spoken by mommy and dad as they pray for wisdom to guide this life that has been placed within their hands. Pray for the children, pray for their future, pray for the days that lie ahead. Soon they will step out of your reach. They can never escape all the prayers that you've said. Pray for direction. Pray for protection. Pray for the children. There will come a time as our children grow When they will be on their own They'll be faced with difficult choices They can't turn and run back home But we still can touch our children's lives As we speak their name in prayer and no matter the distance between us, our prayers can reach them anywhere. Pray.
Pray for the children. Pray for their future. Pray for the days that lie ahead. Soon they will step out of your reach. But they can never escape all the prayers that you said. Pray for direction. Pray for protection. Pray for the children. Our prayers break the boundaries of time and reach into eternity. And our children will live in the atmosphere of the prayers that we have breathed. Pray for the children. Pray for their future. Pray for the days that lie ahead. For soon they will step out of your reach. But they can never escape all the prayers that you said. Pray for direction. Pray for protection. Pray for the children. Pray. discipline for these dear folks in their intercessory lives for their children and grandchildren to whom this applies touch every heart that you would be glorified and ultimately lives will be changed 